Good evening, good evening, good evening. We're in a fall, beautiful weather, a little breezy, but beautiful football season. Basketball season coming up. NBA, college, high school fall showcases. We're here in Philadelphia. Check Ball Mag. Good evening. It's Check Ball Mag. CWN Sports Network. Beautiful Philadelphia 215. 215 around the world. Today, we have a lot going on in the city of Philadelphia, also around the nation. A lot of hoop action, a lot of football this past weekend, a lot of football coming up. But most importantly, thank God for bringing us all together to Check Ball Mag and CWN Sports Network. We had a lot of great topics this past week. Um, in the local area of Philadelphia, we had the warm-up. The warm-up was a great event. Presented by All City Classic, Charles Shu Moreau, um, also Coach uh, Chris, Coach Chris, Coach Chris helped out. Uh, Mr. Marcucci, Rich Marcucci from his program, Olympic Sports. They did a good job. They had about a uh, twenty-some teams. It's their third year. Teams from Jersey, teams from Maryland, teams from Philadelphia. Really good teams. Uh, the Public League Power. Public League Power House Emotep Charter, which was good. They used a lot of the young players. Um, Khalif Deuce Crawley, the guard, young guards, they were really good. They won one game, lost a game, but they played good to put their freshmen and sophomores as the main piece of their program today. You also had powers like Newman Garetti, which has a one of the best teams in the Catholic League for years. Newman Garetti is a powerhouse. They're one of about five or six state championships in a row, and they're really good. So coached by Carl Aragel, assisted by Pat. They played well this weekend. We also had St. Pat's from New Jersey, a powerhouse, traditionally strong. Jonathan Kabinga, which is the nation's number one 2021 junior. He's a 6'8 versatile forward that can handle the rock. He can make plays off the bounce. He's athletic. And he just came in as a junior. And he's the number one junior in the nation. He played really well up here. Last year, he was at the Pangos Fresh South. He was MVP at the camp. This year, he's at the warm-up. He was the top player at the camp. He also played uh, around the nation this summer on the EYBL. He played at different camps. We're showcasing his future NBA potential. Jonathan Kaminga played at the warm-up. Also, it was a lot of good players from West Catholic, players from various Catholic schools, public schools, Merlin schools. So they did a good job in the third year of having this event at MOTEP Charter. Also, we had the Fall Classic Black Cajun by Delgrigo Wilson. It was in Delaware, the Sixers practice facility, uh, the G League facility in Delaware. And it was a good event. A lot of Delaware teams, some Maryland teams. A good event uh, by Delgorko Wilson and his staff. Also, um, we had a, the Next to Rise camp in Northern California. Um, brother Ray Jackson, Sister Jarena, one of the top West Coast scouts, put together a camp for kids from 7th grade to 10th grade. And it was about 60 to 80 kids. And it was put together well. 
uh, represented well in the Northern California area while the scouting services and is a camp to look forward to in the future for a lot of young people in Northern California. So there was events that happened this past weekend and this weekend coming up, which will be a great weekend for hoops. In New York City, the Big Apple, we have Jim Couch event, which is an event that's been going on for at least 10 years. And it's held up by his son, Sean Couch. Jim Couch was a, a legendary coach and mentor in the New York City hoop scene as he was the first coach of the legendary Lou Alcinder at the time in the Dykeman Park area. Lou Alcinder became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar after he left UCLA to three championships, MVP the finals three years in a row, and he was rookie of the year, six-time MVP, all-time leading scorer, and he changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but he was coached by Jim Couch, and he's a legend in New York City hoops. His son played at Columbia, Sean Couch. He was part of uh, Creating the Bounce publication uh, about 10 years ago. And he also uh, mentions many people in the New York City area. Also, Ricky Rivers, who's consulting with the camp, with the event, to bring in some talent from all over the nation. So that's a good event next weekend in New York City, the Jim Couch Foundation event. Also, uh, Fun Sports starts his middle school tournament in New York City and Brooklyn. Uh, Brother Ricky Rivers, who's been a mainstay in middle school hoops through New York City for at least 15 years, and he started his fun sports again where he had top teams from around the New York area, Metropolitan, as well as teams from various cities of the East Coast. So that's the fun sports event by Ricky Rivers. Um, We also had a Pangos Midwest in Chicago, Illinois, the Windy City. Dino Chagones, Ronnie Flores, a lot of scouts from the West Coast to the Midwest will be in attendance. Last year, I was there. I witnessed a few, um, one of the nation's top three players, can't think of his name right now, but he participated, and he was a real humble kid, and he didn't think he was too big to participate in one of the nation's top camps, the Pangos Midwest. So we have a lot to look forward to on the grassroots side before the season with the warm-up ending, the fall classic ending, the gym couch event next weekend, fun sports. It's the semifinals and championship of the IS8 with uh, Pete Atwood in Queens. And we got the Pingles Midwest in the Midwest area of top youth events this weekend coming up. We also have um, another topic that is real, real, real uh, interesting. Um, it was an article by Dead Spin Publication, Internet Publication, and they did an article on a, a friend of mine, uh, Daryl Schofield, who's a North Philadelphia resident, now residing in Delaware. Daryl's been a long, long stay of Philadelphia hoops. Uh, we were, I was like, I was like 20, and Daryl was 20, same age around, or maybe a year older or so. And he uh, was instrumental in development of the East Park Summer Program, which um, started early 90s. And it was a vision of mine as a junior college player um, for one year to bring something to my community, which was a hotbed for talent in baseball and basketball. And we hadn't had a basketball, organized basketball situation 
for about six to seven years. So my vision as they built new courts in our area was to bring people together and create that. Because a lot of kids were really good, wasn't in school. And that's my main thing, getting kids to get an education, get further in life. And if I got to do it through sports that I love, that I play, I'll do it. So I started it, you know, no support, just a vision and a hustle, hustle mind. And Schofield came aboard. He bought the first team. Um, we bought a lot of players. Um, and he came along. And then about a year or two later, we was like one of the top two outdoor leagues in the city. We had the limited division, then we created the high school division, and then after that, we created a middle school division. We did this without a sponsor. So Daryl came on board and helped me out. And he bought uh, Reverend Gray, which, rest in peace, Harold Gray, who was a pastor at the time, played football at Overbrook. His mother and my grandmother were like best friends. So it was a connect there, spiritually as well as he helped us out as an older adult bringing some structure to us young guys getting into basketball business. So Daryl came and the Tribune did a lot of article on this called Ambitious Pay Attack for the Top Hoop Prospects. As we coached the Keystone Games, we mentored many kids. He created another platform called Education First. We had out up and downs, but in the, the day we both helped kids. So the great article is when Daryl went to the prep school business to help a lot of inner city kids, especially from the public league. And other cities in the country also gave came to Dow from New York and Baltimore where he brought their players to Daryl Schofield. So Daryl, he got a lot of kids off the streets. They didn't have opportunity to go to college. He got them qualified because he ran a nice uh, SAT program. He has a uh, couple teachers, which he, he gave it his all. He didn't have sponsors from Nike. He didn't have the support that most of these prep schools get because they have alumni that can donate 500000 and stuff like that. But Daryl still sacrifices life to get many kids in school, which probably wouldn't go if it wasn't for him. And he did a great job. So the article talked about it, the pros and cons. The NCAA came in and they, it's kind of like they hurt him and all he was doing was helping kids. Now, whatever people may seem, Players got better there. They was in the gym after school, worked hard. I witnessed a lot of situations where they did drills. Down, he cussed the best player out or the worst player. He kept it real with all of them. And he took kids that wasn't probably Division Two, but they had work ethic. And he improved them to go Division One within a year or two. And then, they, in the worst case, they go to a junior college to better their life. You know, he had so many kids in a seven-year window that went to Division One, You know, probably even about 50, 60 to 70 kids that went on to get free education, if not more. He had an article in Slam Magazine. It, was, it, was, it went well. It was a nice write-up in uh, 2004. Um, that year, he had 12 out of 12 players go to Division One, which is unheard of anywhere. And also, he had uh, one kid make it to the NBA from that group, Deontay Christmas, who played at Temple and started Temple and was three-time Atlantic 10 scoring leader. He had another kid, Stefan Jackson, they call him DJ, which stands for Draining Jumpers. And he 
he wanted to play at UTEP where he was an all-time scoring leader in Conference USA history. I think he still got the record. I'm not sure. Um, so he did a great job of helping these kids in his area. Now, sad thing about it is he did so well, people started to talk negative about him, you know? And it wasn't fair because end of the day, kids was off the streets, they was getting to school, they was getting education, they was better in their life. And Daryl was the main reason why he put his sacrifice into it. And he had helped Marlon Sharkey end up getting a coaching job at UTEP, other schools, Morgan State, I mean, Marlon Eastern Shore. You know, Dave Onward, who went on to have three or four careers in coaching at different colleges over the last 15, 20 years. So the article was basically talking about the things that he was doing well, the support he didn't receive from various people and the hate of the city. And one thing that was really bad was the NCAA had stepped in. They seen various schools. Now, Oak Hill Academy in Martha Wilson, Virginia, is a private school that's similar. They don't do postgrad anymore, but they've been a traditional powerhouse in the hoops rec rankings. Uh, a lot of kids went to Division One from there. Carmelo Anthony, Rod Strickland, Brian Shorter, long time ago from Philadelphia, um, Josh Smith, Rajon Rondo, just to name a few. Now, the sad part about it, Oak Hill sent kids to the high major schools, the blue big conference schools, the Duke, the North Carolina, the Syracuse, the Yukons, the UCLA's, the Merlins, the Virginias. Daryl sent kids to the low division one, the mid division one. So the TV contracts come from the big schools, the NCAA tournament, right? The mid major schools don't bring the NBA, NCAA a lot of money because they're not consistently on national TV. So now because Oak Hill is developing players academically and athletically for the big schools, they ignore they problems that they had. Daryl don't have a sponsor. He helping kids get a school and they might go low to mid, but they better in their life. But they come and shut him down and don't ignore things that Oak Hill is doing. And they all supposed to be helping the kids to get education. So I think this is the more thing about politics and money because the big schools bring in money. I'm not going to violate developmental situation. Mid-majors and below, they get shut down. And they're not bringing no money, but they're helping kids' lives. So it's like us in the inner city got to realize that we have to work together so we can have more platforms to better the next generation of youth. So it was a good article. It's called Dead Spin and type in Daryl Schofield. It is a reference to his situation with uh, the schools at um, the prep school that he coached at and he teached at and he, he uh, pretty much helped a lot of youth. So it's called Dead Spin. Um, also, we like to talk about uh, USA Basketball last weekend, which was in Colorado Springs. And they had their fall uh, invite, invite with class of 221. 220, 220, 221, 220, 222, 223. So the Dayton's top senior in 220, the Mobley brother, 
was there. Seven foot, Chris Bosch type, had the USC with his older brother. Father is a sister coach. Jason Hart, the other sister coach, he's there. Also, locally, we had 222 kids. Jalen Durant, a 6'9 big out of Roman Catholic, played for team final, who resides in Delaware now, but a Philadelphia resident. He was there. We had Justin Williams, a 6'3 combo guard from Roman Catholic, also 222. He was there. And we had uh, Jaleel Millsy Brown, a 6'3 combo from Hereford School. He was there. Another team final product. Checkball Magazine product. Checkball Elite 40 product. Checkball Grand Final product. All City Classic product. So this kid plays everywhere. All three kids was there. They had solid weeks. Um, they still improving. Long way to go. But they all are Division One prospects or higher. You know, we also had a freshman there in DJ, Dewan Wagner Jr., 6'2", combo guard from Camden, New Jersey, the son of uh, the legendary Dewan Wagner and the grandson of the legendary Milt Wagner. So DJ was there, too. He also plays for Team Final, and he's a special talent to look forward to in the future. So, all right, that's the good things that happened um, this past weekend. Get that Dead Spin article on Daryl Schofield. It's a good read. And also, um, we have um, another situation that's coming up. And we'll catch y'all on Volume 2 in a few minutes. Thank you. Good evening, we back. Segment two, episode three. Checkball Mag, CWN Sports. We're back, we're back, we're back. We offer the youth basketball and the dance article on Schofield. Get that. We're on to the NBA as the season will be starting in about 10 days. So we have some good preseason games. The talk of the NBA preseason is Zion Williamson out of Duke. From South Carolina, number one pick. He's a Barkley, Larry Johnson type with a better handle. He can create plays off the bounce. He fills the lane, runs the floor, and he's a great and he's a great rebounder. Tremendous hands, tremendous athleticism, and he's an agile big man who will dominate this year. As um, long as he stay healthy and improve on his jump shot, the sky's the limit. He's a superstar, the biggest named player in the draft since LeBron James, Zion Williamson. He signed with Jordan Brand, and his smile and his toughness is real. So we expect a lot from him this year for the New Orleans Pelicans, along with their duo guards of Drew Holiday, Checkball Magazine cover in 2011 while he went to Sixers out of Philadelphia, out of UCLA, and out of. Los Angeles, California, the Valley area. Also, the other guard is Lonzo Ball, the original, the leader of the Ball brothers, the oldest one. Lonzo Ball is a McDonald's All-American, a 6'6 point guard. With them two guys, Savvy, given to Zion Williamson, they're going to be a really good young team. Drew is the veteran over there. 
Also, we have another good situation that people don't talk about. Philly to Atlanta. There's four Philadelphia players in the Atlanta Hawks camp. We have the number four pick, champion out of Virginia, French Central, six foot eight, do it all forward, two-way player. Played with Philly Pride, trained by Sean Colson, mentored by Nettie, Coach Nett. His name is DeAndre Hunter. His family, his brother and sister, uh, Philly Pride organization, has did a great job with him as he went to Virginia and he put on the show in the NCAA tournament. He's playing well for the Atlanta Hawks. Also, Cam Reddish, the number 10 pick out of the Hereford School in Westtown. He played with Team Final. He played. Re- he's playing solid, and he's improving and getting better and better every game. That's two kids that were in the lottery. Also, a two-way contract is another fluffy native by the name of Charlie Brown Jr., who played his college high school ball at George Washington High, where I went for a couple years, and he also played the same time as Moore, played for Philly Pride, and he's a shooting machine that can fill, up, fill, up, fill it up, play the St. Joe's. He has a two-way contract, and they have another kid out of engineering science who's a free agent, and he will be in a lineup also. So these four guys will do well for Atlanta uh, this year. Philadelphia to Atlanta. Also, in the NBA preseason, our local team, the 76ers, undefeated. They expected big things this year. Big Harford, Joel Embiid, swingman Tobias Harris, who can play both forward spots. Got the big contract. Ben Simmons got the big contract, 6-10 point forward. And also, they keep, the key is the, is the pieces from behind, the defensive pieces, the shooters that can spread the floor. And we also have the kid, I can't think of his name, out of Washington with the top 20 pick. He's a defensive menace. And he expect to come here to help us out and with the Sixers this year as we try to get to the finals. And also, um, in a hoop scene, we have a touchy situation over in China with the NBA. Some things said by on Twitter by Daryl Morsey at the, the Houston Rockets. Some things got blown up. Some things might be true, but it's just touchy with the situation over China, which brings a lot of business opportunities to the NBA and also to America. So it's touchy. I don't want to touch on it now, but we'll get back to it. Also overseas, uh, DJ Newbell from my neighborhood out of Strawberry Mansion, played basketball at Penn State after Southern Miss. He's doing well. He's a six, a six four guard who can do it all. He's doing well over in Australia. And LaMelo Ball, enough, enough, enough. It's not enough. This kid is special. He can handle the ball. He runs the show. He makes plays. He's a shot maker. He's an athlete. And he has an IQ of a guy who's been in the NBA for five years. He's only, he only 18 years old. The younger brother of Lonzo Ball and Jello Ball, LaMelo Ball. And I heard about him first about four or five years ago from a guy in L.A. I met, a uh, pro. I met him in L.A. Um, through some people. And he had a good hindsight on uh, youth basketball, being from New York, Rucker Park, Harlem, and doing events out in Venice Beach. And he told me a lot about the Mellow Ball and the Ball Brothers. 
And they got three special brothers, uh, one in the NBA, one headed, and the other one is overseas, trying to reach the father's dream of having the big baller brand all together once again. So that's great. And the hoops of the NBA and the professional ranks. So we'd like to thank you for this. Take the time out and thank you for this uh, evening. As we talk about hoops, we talk about culture, we talk about life. At Checkball Mag Podcast and also CWN Sports. Thank you, CWN Sports. Have a blessed day, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.